and a warm welcome on a warm evening in St. Joseph, Illinois. Joey Wright and Jeff Primmer sitting in with you as we get ready to kick off a brand new season of the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5 High School Football Game of the Week presented by Pavlov Media and Prospect Bank. Going to be a good one tonight as St. Joseph Ogden ushers in a brand new turf field at Dick Duval Field and hosts the Illini Prairie Conference rival, Monticello Sages. As I just told you, Joey Wright and Jeff Primer, glad to have you along for the ride wherever you're listening on 97.5, the News Gazette app, or WHMS.com. Going to be a good one tonight. Jeff, the first of nine guest analysts we'll have on our airwaves this season. Jeff, before we get into anything, I appreciate you taking some time this week. This has been a lot of fun. This has been the about the funnest week I've had this summer, I think. Um, sports and meeting coaches and talking to kids and being out here um, under the Friday Night Lights, this is this is really a neat experience. Jeff brings a, a little bit of St. Joseph Ogden color to the broadcast tonight. He's lived in St. Joseph since 1998. His two sons, Blake and Ramsey, both recent graduates of SJO. But hard to not call this one down the middle, Jeff, because uh, you look at Monticello, they're a program that's had so much success. Looking to get back to their high of 2018, perhaps, when they won an IHSA Class 3A title. St. Joseph Ogden broke through last year, its first playoff win in a while. They're looking to get back to the highs of the Dick Duval era when they were churning out 10, 11, 12 wins on a consistent basis. Right. Uh, my heart's with St. Joe, and I hope they win the game. But sure. I'm, I'm going to call it right down the line. Um, it was interesting and kind of eye-opening to meet the coaches and the players because the Monticello kids were so polite and Cully Welter was just so gracious in, in talking to us and so on. So classy program, classy group of kids, classy coach, um, and I, I hope it's a good game tonight. It the kids is. are out there kind of bouncing around. I was worried that they'd be sort of you know, tired and maybe a little bit uh, slow, but they're bouncing around out there. You can tell they're ready to go. Jeff, you made the comment. We were down on the field just chopping it up about an hour ago. White Rock 97.5, 97.5. People might confuse that with the temperature today, the <laughs> forecast. It, it is a warm evening. Kickoff pushed back about an hour. We were supposed to kick off at 7. Call was made earlier this week to move it back an hour to 8 to coincide with sunset. Still warm out here. Shorts and I would say no shirts, probably uh, the popular option. I looked down in the student section. There are a couple of students down there going shirtless uh, yeah that's that's called the maroon platoon yeah it's the st joe's section and it's beach night tonight yep so it's choreographed beach night i see a lot of uh, flower shorts and all sorts of beach attire i see some all sorts of a couple of hawaiian shirts down I was gonna there say Hawaii. some grass Jay, skirts it's so hot i can't even describe it it's a it's a great <laughs> night for football here in st joseph illinois glad you're along for the ride and the maroon platoon jeff just a small group of the bleachers here as we look out across a brand-new turf field. The bleachers still still get, still get, filling up here. We've got about 10 minutes before kickoff. You look across the way, the Monticello visiting side bleachers are full. Granted, there aren't many of them, but Monticello, a, a team that travels well, it's going to be a great atmosphere tonight. Right. Monticello is kind of like Notre Dame in a bowl game. They're going to sell out their allotted seat count. They've got two sections of bleachers flanking the 50-yard line across from us. We are at about the 47-yard line. Call it, at least that's the yard line that is right across from me on the left side of the field. As the Maroon platoon gets ready to welcome the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans to the field off to our right. Both teams in the locker rooms making their final 
preparations. Jeff, what do you say we sneak in the first of two breaks we'll take before kickoff, come back, continue to paint the picture for you at Dick Duval Field in St. Joseph, Illinois. You're listening to the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5 High School Football Game of the Week presented by Pavlov Media and Prospect Bank. Don't go anywhere. Kickoff coming up. Hi, my name is Kayla Burbage. I'm a volleyball outside hitter, and my competitive advantage is my power. Businesses across central Illinois rely on Pavlov Media's phones for their competitive advantage. Pavlov Media VoIP phones provide an elite class of communication systems you can use to elevate your business. Businesses anywhere in the United States can set up and use VoIP phones. Head over to pavlovmedia.com B2B to find out more about our phone solutions and bring Pavlov Media VoIP phones to your business. Want to know what's happening with your money the moment it occurs? Use Prospect Bank to experience the ease and convenience of e-mobile banking. Never miss a bill with scheduled monthly payments. Send, request, or split your money with friends and family easily using Zelle. Receive monthly statements electronically. Digital Wallet is a smart, secure, and easy way to make payments. What do you get by utilizing state-of-the-art banking services? Endless opportunities. We are Prospect Bank. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Welcome back to Dick Duval Field in St. Joseph, Illinois. St. Joseph Ogden preparing to host Monticello to kick off the 2023 IHSA football season. It is just about time for the national anthem. The band is at the 50-yard line forming a U. The Maroon Platoon is off to their right forming a tunnel, getting ready to welcome the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans varsity team onto the field. We'll welcome them with you when we come back. Kickoff coming up next on Light Rock 97.5. St. Joseph Chamber of Commerce invites you to discover all that St. Joseph businesses have to offer. St. Joe is located just six miles east of Champaign-Urbana and boasts a variety of small businesses, boutiques, restaurants, bars, residential and business services, and much more. Owners of these businesses are your friends, neighbors, and the ones supporting your youth sports teams. When you support local small businesses in St. Joseph and other area communities, you help those communities thrive by keeping dollars in the local economy. At Piatt County Service Company, they believe that customers are the backbone of business. That's why Piatt FS would like to take a moment to say thank you for your continued loyalty and support over the last 75 years. With a full range of services for the farm, home, and businesses in Central Illinois, Piatt FS will keep your equipment fueled, your home or shop running, and your mind at ease. So once again, from the whole team at Piatt FS, thank you for your business and your trust. Visit PiattFS.com today to see a full list of services. Back to Dick Duval Field in St. Joseph, Illinois. Joey Wright and Jeff Primer. Glad to have you on board as we get ready for the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5 High School Football Game of the Week, Week 1 edition. St. Joseph Ogden and Monticello ready to square off. You just heard the final bars of the Star Spangled Banner. St. Joseph Ogden's pep band is on the field. The color guard in front of them. The cheerleaders in front of them. The grandstands in front of them, and on top of it all, here we are on Light Rock 97.5. Jeff, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Ready for this one? It's just a beautiful sight, seeing the, the kids out there having fun. Um, 
I don't even bet they realize how much fun they're having until they <laughs> they get old like we are and they miss all this. But the lights are on. The temperature isn't too bad. The uh, Spartans are getting ready to charge through the tunnel here. So I think everybody's excited and the crowd's um, filing in. I think we're going to have a good game here. It is more humid than hot, I would say, Jeff, at this point. Temperature in the high 80s. Dew point right up there with it. But all told, not a bad night for football as the sun has set. Just off to our left behind the tree line in St. Joseph. We're almost ready for football. The Maroon Platoon, St. Joseph Ogden student section is on the field. They've formed a tunnel. You hear public address announcer Josh Frerichs announcing the starting lineups. We'll have those for you in just a second. But Jeff, as we watch all this, the Spartans are in the right end zone, forming a big group under the uprights, and they are ready to storm through that tunnel, burst through a sign at the end of it at about the 35-yard line, and they're ready to play some football here in St. Joseph tonight. Right. My boys, when they were playing here, said one of their favorite parts of the game was running through the tunnel, whether they even started or not. Um, they just enjoyed running through the tunnel and hearing the crowd cheer and the music playing and smelling the pork chops. We've yet to get our first glimpse of Monticello. They're still in their locker room. But the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans are ready to break their huddle in the right end zone. We've got about four and a half minutes left until kickoff. Enter Sandman by Metallica begins to play over the PA system. Glad you're with us on Light Rock 97.5. Getting ready to go. You can see in the center of that huddle, they're starting to jump up and down, clap their hands. Josh Frerichs gives them the go-ahead, and here come the Spartans onto the field for the first time tonight. First through the sign, Tim Blackburn Kelly, a sophomore running back and defensive lineman. The rest of the team gathers at the 35-yard line to our left around them. A couple of photographers there to get a picture of that scene, including the News Gazette's Robin Schultz. You may just see that in tomorrow's News Gazette. Jeff, St. Joseph Hopkins, Monticello, doesn't really matter what's going through these players' minds right now as they stand four minutes away from kicking off a brand-new season. Well, Monticello is darn near as big a rivalry to St. Joe as Unity is now. It's always been St. Joe Unity, St. Joe Unity, but I think with Monticello winning the state title in 2018, They've kind of risen up to uh, where St. Joe wants a piece of them um, pretty badly. And as we were talking to the uh, Monticello players yesterday in our interview, they see St. Joe as a pretty big rival. So I think each team, um, they'll keep it classy and clean, but they, they want to beat each other. We're three and a half minutes away from throwing last season out the window, but here's how it played out. St. Joseph Ogden broke through in the playoffs last year and won its first playoff off game 2015-7-4 got through one round of the class 3a playoffs Monticello snuck into the class 3a playoffs but a bit of a down season for the Spartans perhaps they finished five and five it's a tough start for both these teams you look at this matchup two conference heavyweights going at it right here in week one Game. Doesn't get any easier for St. Joseph Ogden next week. They will play Tolono Unity on Light Rock 97.5. You hate to say it's a must win this soon, but each each team I'm sure is looking at this game as you know, we need this one because we've got a tough one coming up the next week and the week after that. No easy games in the Illini Prairie Conference. Monticello making their first appearance on the brand new turf field. 
at Dick Duval Field in St. Joseph. They're off to our right, gathered on the far side. Pylon, both of these teams, about 70 strong, give or take. St. Joseph Ogden has retreated to the home side bench right in front of us, and now the Monticello Sages run through a smaller tunnel comprised only of cheerleaders. They cross midfield. They're heading to the end zone off to our left. It is a beautiful new surface at Dick Duval Field, which was natural grass until this year. Alternating shades of green and a slightly darker green. Maroon and powder blue Spartan logo at midfield. Maroon end zones. Powder blue text with a white outline that says Spartans. St. Joseph Ogden in its maroon home uniforms with white pants, white helmets, an all-white look for Monticello as the Sages are now crouched down in the left end zone, all on a knee. I bet Luke Teschke's at the center of that huddle. Monticello's quarterback going over the final plan. And Jeff, as we approach kickoff, the quarterback matchup. That's what I'm excited to watch tonight. Logan Smith for St. Joseph and Luke Teschke for Monticello. Teschke may be a little more mobile. Smith with maybe a little bit of a better arm, but two good quarterbacks that have a command of their offense. Right, and Logan Smith can run the ball too. I think St. Joe is looking for him to be about 50-50. Um, a lot of runs and sweeps, and then a lot of throwing the ball. Um, Coy Taylor will be probably his favorite target. Um, Ty Pence graduated and moved on to Illinois State, but Coy Taylor is one heck of a receiver, and Logan's got a pretty good arm. So could be some fireworks tonight with the uh, aerial game on both sides. It is a, kind of a hazy evening here in St. Joseph. As I said, very humid temperature in the high 80s. It's cooled off a little, but you can still feel the air very thick as we approach an 8 o'clock kickoff an hour later, but we're glad you're on board with us either way. Jeff, as we get ready to go, I expect a scrappy matchup in this one too. You know, talking to both head coaches this week, they're both a little undersized compared to where they've been in the past and compared to some of the teams they'll face this season in the IPC and beyond but they both make up for it. Sorry to sound cliched, but with a lot of heart, two you know, physical uh, teams despite their smaller statures. Each coach sounded pretty pleased with his team. Sure. I think each each coach expects um, probably at least a 6-3 and three record and a playoff run. I think they were both happy with what they've seen so far. They don't come easy in the IPC. We're about to find out who gets the upper hand first this season. Monticello in the all-white road uniforms, yellow helmets, getting ready to kick off left to right. St. Joseph Ogden has two back deep to return. Tim Blackburn Kelly on the far side, and Coy Taylor, number 25 in blue. In fact, Jeff, they've got three guys back. Uh, add Justice Wirtz to that list. He's lined up at the five-yard line closest to us. Coy Taylor in the middle. Right. Handling the kicking duties, Cole Sawinski for Monticello. He addresses the ball at the 40-yard line. Fans on their feet were underway in 2023. A pooch kick, going to go a little bit short. Tanner Seams is going to field it at the 25-yard line. He's going to have the 46-yard line moving right to left before he's muscled out of bounds. 11.55 on the scoreboard for the first quarter. Jeff, let's play some football. So far, so good. Clean kickoff. Um, no penalties. And here comes St. Joe out to the line of scrimmage, and we'll see what happens. 11.55, first quarter. St. Joseph Ogden's going to start from the 44-yard line, moving right to left, shotgun formation, trips right. Coy Taylor on the right side, but the first play is going to be a handoff to Rowan Musselman. Pardon me, Tim Blackburn. Kelly, Kelly across the 50. He's going to have the 47-yard line before he's knocked down, and that's how the first play of the season goes. 
a gain of about nine, call it for Tim Blackburn Kelly, and the Spartans quick to the line. No huddle offense for St. Joe. Going quick here, 11.30 left for the first quarter. Pitch back to Blackburn Kelly. Kelly wants the far side. He's up past the 45, bumped down at the 42 near the sideline in front of the Monticello bench on the far side. It's a first down, first first down of the season for St. Joseph Ogden. Running off the field is Carson Sarnecki, and the Spartans are going to maintain this up-tempo approach. Shotgun. Logan Smith. Sends Tim Blackburn Kelly in motion. Trips left now. Play action. Pass to Coy Taylor. Taylor catches it 42-yard line. Gets to the 35. He's rooted down. A great tackle in basically the open field from Matt Schwartz. Not quite enough to move the chains. Going to be second down and inches here at the 35. And St. Joseph now is going to go empty backfield. Shotgun look. Monticello is going to send four on the line. Empty backfield. Shotgun snap to Taylor or Smith, pardon me, he's got to roll out to the right, and he's able to complete a pass to the near side and Colin Tomey. Tomey's brought down, it's a loss of a yard, third and one. Jeff, can you get a thought in, man? They're going quick. I was just getting ready to say, Miles Hell looks a little bit on their heels. I don't think they expected this no huddle attack here. It's like the old Buffalo Bills of the 90s. Second down and inches here. And it is going to be a play action. Smith rolling right. Dumps off a pass to Tim Blackburn. Kelly. Kelly in the left flat. Gets near the 30. He's brought down at the 31. Call the tackler there, Hunter Romano. Pardon me, Jeff. Early in the season, I had the spot wrong. It's going to be third and seven here from the 31. That wasn't enough for a first down. Digital down markers for SJO this year. It's a bright. That's pretty neat. It's a bright red three that really jumps out at us here in the press box. Play action. And Smith completes a pass to the 22-yard line. That's going to be enough by about a yard to move the chains, and that pass completed to Tanner Seams. Logan Smith fires a dart first down, and the Spartans still not wasting any time. 9.44. Clock stops briefly for the first down. Scoreless first quarter. Spartans are marching right to left, two yards shy of the red zone. And a play action. Smith again to the flat, Coy Taylor. Taylor past the 20. Taylor drops his shoulder. He's got the 17 on the near side. Short game. Spartans going quickly, settling for that uh, short game here. And it's working, Jeff. It's working well. Like I said, Monticello still looks on their heels, like they haven't really caught up to it yet. Smith in the backfield empty backfield trips right now he's going to send tim blackburn kelly in motion smith nearly botched the snap kelly on an end around running right brought down at the 21 yard line a loss of one reset it for you third and six quick moving first quarter just under nine minutes to play no score st joseph ogden in the red zone by a yard again facing third and six slowing it down a little bit on this third and six play Head coaches Sean Skinner and Coley Welter. Skinner for the Spartans. Wanting to slow it down, make sure they get the right play here on third and six. Clock running at 8.35. Two in the backfield with Smith. Play action to the flat. Blackburn Kelly on a reception, moving right. Ten, five, he's tripped up at the five. Right at at the 10-yard line by number five. Luke Teschke, the quarterback for Monticello, not afraid to get a little dirty there, although I guess it's a turf field, so he's still got the pristine white jersey. Great tackle, a shoestring tackle to bring down Tim Blackburn Kelly and prevent a touchdown. Now first and goal from the five for St. Joseph Ogden, 8.20 to play in a quick-moving first quarter. 
Right to left drive is five yards away from a touchdown. Smith fakes a pitch, now runs left up the left hash. He's in. Touchdown, St. Joseph Ogden on a quarterback keeper. A five-yard touchdown run from Logan Smith. 8-11 to play in the first frame. Right. Smith can do more than just throw it. He's quick and he's fast and he sticks his nose in there. Jeff, he must have heard me when I said Luke Tashke was the better runner because Logan Smith did a little bit of everything on that drive. And it should be Joe Frasca in to attempt the extra point, and it will be. Eight eleven, a bit of a botched hold there, and the kick is blocked. I don't know if Jeff that snap yeah, ran a little inside on the holder. Bit, yeah. yeah, tough look. Joe Frasca is one of the better kickers in the conference in the area. Didn't have a lot to work with there on the extra point. And it stands at St. Joseph Ogden, six. Bonicello scoreless, 8-11 to play in the first quarter. Jeff, break it down. That was felt a little like a track meet. Maybe it's the heat. That's new from St. Joe. I've not seen that before, and I've been to a lot of SJO games. Typically, it's more deliberate, and the plays come in from the sideline, and, and it's a lot slower. And I wonder if Monticello didn't see that coming because they look kind of on their heels. See if Monticello's defense can match that tempo as we move along. If you're just joining us, St. Joseph Ogden just scored to make it a 6-0 ball game. 8-11 left to play in the first quarter. Joey Wright and Jeff Primmer in with you. Jason Liggett is behind the board tonight in our Champagne studio. Appreciate his help. And St. Joseph Ogden prepares to kick off. Let's meet our officials tonight. Referee Chris White from Paxton, Illinois. Back judge J.D. Howard from Champaign. Umpire Sally Salenga from Bloomington, Illinois. Also from Bloomington, Illinois, the linesman Randy Siring. And Gary Tidwell is the line judge from Danville, Illinois. That's our IHSA officiating crew tonight. Calling a good one so far. No flags. Joe Frasca addresses the ball at the 40-yard line. He'll kick off right to left. A booming kick, and it's going to be fielded in the end zone. A touchback. Taking Nicely a done. Ike Young. That was a great kick from Joe Frasca, end over end. Yeah, that's a weapon in high school if your kicker can kick it that far. That went into the end zone on the fly. Jeff, you, you come out, you're Joe Frasca, you come out, you miss the extra point, although it was an iffy snap, iffy hold. Does that maybe get some momentum back for you, coming out and booming a kick into the end zone? I'm sure it probably did. <laughs> now it's the Monticello Sages offense on the field. First time we've seen the Sages tonight. Quarterback Luke Teschke in the shotgun trips right. Ike Young is running back, now shifts to his right, and it'll be a play action. Flag is down, airing it out as Teschke, a home run ball on their first play of the game, and it is dropped at the 35-yard line. And another flag, and probably for pass interference. It's going to be pass interference on Garrett Denhart, if I had to guess, but these might offset. There was a flag that came in right on the snap. These might be both against St. Joseph, though, Jeff, now that I think about it, because usually you get a flag come in right on the snap. It's offsides more so than, a, well, if it was a false start, they'd just blow it dead. Yeah, and typically the officials kind of move the ball where the it's going to be, so it looks like both of them were on St. Joe. Officials now huddling at the 48-yard line. Although both teams starting to walk it back. As we saw it, it might have been a little trickery on the lines there on the snap, and then Carter Ferran was the 
receiver there. Garrett Denhart was trying to cover him. I don't know if St. Joseph Ogden expected that home run ball so quickly. Well, that's what you get when you play a Cully Welter team. You get the unexpected. You know it's coming, you just never know when. And we get it right off the bat. Those will offset. It was holding against Monticello right on the snap, and then pass interference against St. Joseph Ogden's Garrett Denhart on the deep pass downfield. So all told, still eight minutes on the board. First and 10 again from the 20. Four wide receivers, a shotgun look for Teschke. And Teschke's gonna keep it. Teschke looking for space left, and a sea of maroon brings him down just two yards or so behind the line of scrimmage as he tried to move towards his own sideline. Nice group tackling by St. Joe there. The whole team was basically to the ball except the free safety, who's playing 40 yards deep, probably because he just saw that deep ball. <laughs> go over his head. Got to keep our eye on number six, Carter Ferran from Monticello. Almost made a great catch on that pass interference, Jeff. He couldn't quite come down with it, but it was nearly an early candidate for catch of the year. Still four wide, shotgun look. Ike Young now to the left of Luke Teschke. Teschke shifts him right. St. Joseph Ogden stacks the box, five on the line. Hand off to Young. Young looks for space left. He's up past the 20, gets the 23 before he's brought down. It's a gain of about five on second and 11. We'll set up second, or call it third, pardon me, and six. We go under seven minutes to play in the first quarter. Six, nothing, St. Joseph Ogden. Would you dial up a pass here for Monticello, trying to get these now seven yards on third and seven? Looks like they're going to. There's four receivers in the game. And Ike Young and got lined up pass. close to... Teschke, Teschke over the middle, fires a bullet to Trey Welter. Welter with the catch on the right hash at the 35-yard line. That's where he's brought down. A couple of Spartans in on that stop, among them Denhart. And we'll also give Nolan Early his flowers. Also a baseball player for St. Joseph was in on that tackle. They should each get half a tackle for their efforts. But it's first and ten on a great throw from Teschke to Trey Welter, Cully Welter's son. Now first and ten, 6.24 for the first quarter. 6-0 Spartans. Sages driving left to right now at their own 36. And a false start against the Sages will back them up five yards. Yeah, somebody got the snap count wrong there because about half the team moved too early. Five-yard penalty replay, first down. Tough unforced error there for Monticello here. 6-17 as we stop the clock. First down and 15. Ball at the 31-yard line. 69 yards between the Sages and pay dirt. Call it turf now at Dick Duval Field. Here's a handoff. No, keeper for Teschke. Teschke fake the handoff to Ike Young. Now runs right past the 40. And he is knifed down at the 42-yard line. Just a couple of yards shy of the sideline. It's about half of what Monticello needed. It was first and 15. Now second and four. So a little more than half of what they needed. Clock runs, no huddle offense. Slow it down a little bit now, 5.45, six nothing game. Teschke controls traffic, two receivers in motion. One of them is Cole Sawinski, the other Raiden Colbert. Play action, pass to the right flat. Welter has it, 40 yard line, looks to the Maroon sideline, wrapped up before he gets there. Two Spartans in on the tackle. Not quite what Monticello needed for a first down on second and four. And it'll be third and three from the 43 with 5.15 left. Sage is trailing by six. Nice tackle by Holden Brazelton there. Um, Holden wrestled him down. 
And you just wait. Holden, Holden Brazelton is going to win a state wrestling title before he's done. That's a good guy to have on your football team. So much crossover between wrestling and football. Teshke airing it out deep on third three. It's intercepted. And a tackle at the 45-yard line. Raiden Colbert brings down the defender. Jeff, I want to say that was Rowan Musselman in on the interception. He's congratulated by his teammates, and that's a tough pick to throw if you're Luke Teshke looking for kind of that spark plug play on third and three. And yeah, the ball kind of floated on him. Uh, he threw a laser his pass before that. He needed to throw one there, too. That one kind of floated, and Musselman was right there. Nice catch. Usually, if you can catch it like that, you play receiver. <laughs> Maybe it's a tryout, right? First game of the season. Could be. Reset it for you. 4.50 to play. St. Joseph Ogden starting drive two at the 45-yard line. Drive one ended in a touchdown. They lead 6-0. Logan Smith, play action. Drops back, now rolls left. Two defenders pressure him, and he's just thrown his first pick of the game. Intercepted on the Monticello defensive line. That ball was... A little wobbly out of his hand, Jeff. He was hit as he threw, and Monticello takes it right back, back-to-back -back picks. Right. Here I don't know. The first. I don't think he actually even threw it. I think it was kind of knocked just up straight in the air. Ryan Frazy in on the Frazy, pardon me, in on the interception. Jeff, we speculated that with this heat, so many practice schedules impacted this weekend. Both these teams went later, went indoors. We might see a little bit of sloppy play. Maybe these are some week one errors that you iron out as the season goes along. I'm sure. Snap back to Teshke. Teshke dodges a defender, dodges two, rolls left. He's at the 40-yard line, 35, outrunning the defense here, and Teshke breaks free, five, touchdown for number Untouched. five. Untouched into the end zone. Luke Teshke perhaps lays claim to being the better runner after all. We'll see what Logan Smith gives us later in the game. Both quarterbacks now with rushing touchdowns. Luke Teschke makes a play. This game's tied at 6, 4.30 left in the first quarter. That was a 45-yard touchdown run for Teschke. And we'll see if Monticello goes for two here with 4.30 to play. Tied game in the first quarter. This could be that swinging gate extra point formation where nobody can really tell what's going on except for the players. Well, it looks, looks like, like they're kicking it. Yep, looks like they brought Cole Sawinski on for the extra point. Trey Welter will hold. Good snap, good hold. Kick is maybe a little to the left, but plenty good from Cole Sawinski. And Monticello leads for the first time tonight. 7-6, to 4.30 to play in the opening quarter. Great game so far, Jeff Brimmer. Kind of hard to catch our breath here. I didn't expect Ooh. this. I expected, you know, first game, let's just kind of feel our way through it, but they're going at it. We're on pace for, what, 49 to 48? <laughs> hey, bring it on. Let's get some points. Yeah, defense is allowed, boys. Feel free to to tighten it up. But Well, to that point, Jeff, we've seen two interceptions already. Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe, and we'll see what the official stats say, because you're right, maybe they call uh, Logan Smith's interception a fumble because it was tough to tell if he was hit as he threw or if it was knocked out of his hands. But two touchdowns, two turnovers, one per side so far, 4.30 to play in the first frame. 7-6 our score on a hot night in central Illinois. Monticello will kick off left to right. 
three back deep to return for St. Joseph Ogden. Tim Blackburn, Kelly, Coy Taylor, and Justice Wirtz. Sawinski jogs to the ball, squib kick. And we'll see who gets there. Still a live ball. Now the Spartans fall on it. Coy Taylor's in that pile, but I don't think he was the, run, the one to recover it at the 20-yard line. Spot him at the 21, so 79 yards in front of the Spartans on drive number three. 4.27 to play, 7-6, Monticello over SJO. Looks like an official's timeout. Are they doing water breaks for the heat? I bet that's what this is. Would not surprise me, Jeff. We weren't informed that there would be water breaks going into this one, but it is so hot out here, the humidity unrelenting. It's gotten a little better as the sun has now completely set. But just looking underneath the light towers, you can see just how much humidity there is yeah, in the air. It, it kind of looks like it's raining. <laughs> it is a, a thick evening here in St. Joseph. But the water break, a good time to thank our sponsors. Pavlov Media, Prospect Bank on board with us for the duration of our Light Rock 97.5 at News Gazette High School football game of the week. Jeff, your early takeaways from this one. 80 yards in front of St. Joseph on drive three. They trail seven to six, 427 to play. The uh, the no huddle offenses have kind of taken me by surprise. Uh, neither coach mentioned that in the interview, but of course you don't want to give your game plan away in the interview. But that kind of took me by surprise. I wasn't ready for it, especially with St. Joe. St. Joe has always been a, you know, get the play in from the sideline and then huddle up and go. But um, it's working so far so good, the no huddle. 427. St. Joseph Ogden starting at the 21 yard line. Tim Blackburn Kelly in motion, but it's a pitch to Coy Taylor on an end around. Taylor wants the 30. He's got the 29 on the near side. He's bumped down. Trade Fox in on the tackle. And Coy Taylor getting a couple of yards. Will make it second and one. Clock runs at 410. Ball now on the 29 yard line off to our right. Four wide receivers for Logan Smith. Next to him is running back Justice Wirtz. Movement on the line, and a flag comes in. It's going to be offsides on the Sages. The Sages encroached. Two players jumped on that. Ryan Frazee was one of them. And the other one was Jack Helms, number eight in white. So a good snap count there from Logan Smith. Jeff got the right side of the line as we look at it to go. Yeah, I happen to know that offsides drives coaches nuts. Just watch the ball, especially when it's alignment offsides. Just watch the brown thing. Three five yards and a free first down for St. Joseph Ogden. 3.52 to play here in the first quarter. Smith going to air one out down the far side. Taylor's got a step, but it's overthrown out of bounds at the 35-yard line, crossing over midfield. Both teams have dialed up a big play, and neither side has completed the home run ball as of yet. Each of these quarterbacks has no problem getting it deep. Definite arm strength for Teske and Logan Smith. Two big arms. Let's see what Logan Smith does on second and ten. Spartans will slow it down. They've been very quick to the line. Slow it down just a little bit here. 345 to play. Four wide receiver. Shotgun look. That ball oh. is batted oh. at the line of scrimmage <laughs> and right to Coy Taylor, who has a first down at the 45. Right place, right time. That could have been a tip drill pick six or a first down for SJO. Caught it at the left side numbers. Moves the chains. 
St. Joseph Ogden's drive has gained 25 yards so far at their own 45, right side of the field. Three wide receivers, four wide receivers now for St. Joseph Ogden with Wirtz in the backfield. Smith, five-step drop, steps up in the pocket, over the middle to Coy Taylor, it's caught! 20-yard line, 15-yard line before he's brought down from behind. Carter Ferran in on the stop, it's a big play, big gain. St. Joseph Ogden into the red zone, trailing by one, 319 for the first quarter. Seen a couple of big plays on the ground, Jeff. Haven't seen that big play through the air yet. There it is. Ball now at the 14-yard line. Firmly in the red zone are the Spartans. Trips right, shotgun, movement on the line. Another false start on the Monticello defensive line. So not a false start as they would term it. They would call that offside. Yeah, that might actually be good. They can rest a little bit after having to run down Coy Taylor. Jeff, you never want to give up a penalty, certainly not offsides, but is it a little easier to give that up going from the 14-yard line to the 9 in the red zone when there's already not a lot of space to work with? Right. Sometimes it's harder to score from the 4 than it is from the 12. Logan Smith in the shotgun fakes a pitch to the right, runs left. He's up past the 7, brought down right at the middle of the field. Good tackle in the open field from Ryan Frazee. That was the play that Smith scored on earlier, so I think Monticello saw that one coming. Frazee, who had that interception slash fumble recovery, however you want to look at it earlier, big tackle there. Not quite second and goal, it's second and three from the seven. Two and a half left to play in the first quarter. Spartans trailing by one inside the 10-yard line. Smith, quarterback keeper up the middle, tried to get a convoy up the right hash, and he got enough for the first down. But not any more than that. It'll be first and goal from the four at the four-yard line. Well, I guess I, that was a little redundant, wasn't it? <laughs> Interesting formation here for St. Joe. St. Joseph Ogden lined up with two backs to the either side of Logan Smith. Now they all address the line. It's Smith, the lone man in the backfield. Everybody in front of him. Quarterback power up the right hash. He spins. He scores. Touchdown, Spartans. It'll be 12-7 with 2.03 left in the first quarter. Logan Smith making it happen with his legs, his second touchdown on the ground tonight. SJO brought in their starting middle linebacker, Jared Altenbomber, there, and he had a nice block to seal off the, uh, the left defensive end, and Smith took it right in behind him. That was very much the size formation, the power form for St. Joe, getting it done, a four-yard run from Logan Smith. I believe his first was from five yards out, so he's matched his number. Two touchdown runs from nine yards out for number nine, and the extra point, Joe Frasca sends it through the uprights. 13-7, 2.03 left in the first quarter. The OCD in me always wishes they would go for two when an extra point was missed. I'm I like you. I'm I like 14, 21, 28. A hundred percent. And that's why I'm up here with you and we're not down there coaching. That's how I would do it on Madden. <laughs> Granted, it's not very easy to miss an extra point in Madden. There's a lot of coaching decisions I would make down there that would resemble a 10-year-old playing a video game. Yeah. No a lot punts. of Hail Marys yep. in Madden. Yep. <laughs> Four verts. 13-7 with 2.03 left in the first quarter. Joey Wright, special guest analyst Jeff Primer on board with you tonight. 
Matt Daniels, News Gazette sports editor, sent me a couple of scores just a few minutes ago. This text came in at 8.15, pardon me, so about 10 minutes old. But a lot of these games were at halftime. Tuscola 19, St. B 12 at the half. Westville 14, Salt Fork 7 at halftime. Watsika 14, Georgetown Ridge Farm, Chrisman nothing at halftime. And then Muhammad Seymour, pardon me, Morton. Bulldogs up 7-6 at the end of the first quarter. Also the end of the first PBL leading uh, tied with Chillicothe, the 8-8. Piatone's up on Rantoul 16-6 at the end of a frame. Ready for the kickoff now, 2.03 in the first quarter, which has been fast and slow at the same time. 13-7, addressing the ball, sending it deep. Is Frasca, and Ike Young fields it in the end zone, the second touchback on two kickoffs from Frasca tonight. And Jeff, if that name sounds familiar, you think Frasca and Champaign-Urbana, you think Frasca Fields, Aviation. Joe Frasca had his pilot's license before his driver's license. Really? The family. I'll be darned. Quite a weapon to have a kicker who can do this, by the way. Usually your typical high school kickoffs, either onside or a 20-yarder, he's put it in the end zone both times. Well, the Frasca family knows a thing or two about putting it in the air, and Joe Frasca doing that with his leg tonight. 2.03 to play here. 20-yard lines where Monticello will start. 80 yards in front of them, they'll drive left to right. And Teschke out to the right, flat and Ike Young, and that is a forward pass. It was close. They'll call it a forward pass and an incompletion. Second and 10 coming up. Sage is down by six, minute 57 to play in the first. The St. Joe free safety is playing 20 yards off the ball. You can just tell that they're not going to get tricked <laughs> in anything deep. It's Corbin Wells standing at the 40-yard line, the line of scrimmage, the 20. Second and 10, trips right. Receiver to the left is Raiden Colbert. Ike Young now to the right of Teschke. Teschke in the gun, addresses his line, now gets back to his perch. Shifts Ike Young to the right. Five in the box for the Spartans. Teschke a keeper, an option, a flip to Ike Young. Past the 25, past the 30. Wrapped up and brought down as he crosses the 32-yard line. It is enough for the first down by two yards and 12-yard gain on the ground for Ike Young on the option. First and 10, minute 49, first quarter. Monticello led early. Now they trail by six. Two wide receivers left, two to the right. Young to the left of Teschke. Teschke over the middle, fires Intercepted. it straight to the line, and a big hit, ball's loose. Who's going to recover it? It was recovered by St. Joseph Ogden, a huge hit to draw it loose. But St. Joseph Ogden does recover after all that. Jeff, did you catch the linebacker that came away with that initially? Um, it looked to me like it was number 88, Colin Whalen. Whalen a big-time play. A lot happened on there, interception, a return, and a fumble. All told, it's the second turnover of the game for Monticello. Sean Skinner wants to talk to his defense down at the end of the bench, so they march down to the 35-yard line. At every level of football, if you turn the ball over, you will not win. NFL, peewee, high school, you cannot turn the ball over. Teske, Teske's second turnover tonight. 
So St. Joseph on in a 13-7 lead. Minute 29 for the first quarter. They'll take over at the Monticello 31, right to left drive. Starts 31 yards away from the end zone. Play action. Smith rolls right. Smith a flip. Looking deep. He overthrows his target, which was Tanner Seams at the five-yard line. If that throw had been just a little lower, Jeff, it's an easy touchdown instead, second and ten. Yeah, Seams had about three steps on the cornerback. First quarter now, approaching 30 minutes. It's 8.29. We got going at 8 o'clock. Looked like it was going to fly by, but it slowed down. The pace has a little bit. Trips left. And an empty backfield and the shotgun for Logan Smith. Line of scrimmage the 31. He's standing at the 36. Man in motion is Tim Blackburn. Kelly on an end around. Kelly gets the 25-yard line on the left side between the numbers and his bench, and he's brought down. New line of scrimmage will be the 26, gain of five. Third and five coming up with a minute to play in the opening quarter. I was kind of concerned that the first game on turf, there'd be some ankles or some, some injuries or some turf burns or something, but the kids seem to be playing just fine on it. Beautiful service at Dick Duval Field. Brand new, hosting its first game tonight. Third down and five, 50 seconds left for the opening frame. Spartans looking for a two-score lead. Tanner Seams now behind Logan Smith in the gun, and it'll be a draw play up the left hash. He's wrapped up and brought down by Teschke. Luke Teschke, Jeff, really impressed with his physicality tonight. He's made some plays on the offensive side under center, and he's... Not afraid to get after it at cornerback tonight. He's doing yeah. it all for the Sages. He's probably mad about that interception he threw, so he's going to take it out on somebody. And Justice Wirtz was the unfortunate victim on that one. That last tackle fitting for the WWE wrapped him up and threw him down. Tanner seems the victim on that tackle. Fourth down and five. The first quarter will expire, and the second will begin with St. Joseph Ogden needing to decide between a field goal to go ahead by eight points, or maybe dialing up a fourth down conversion on fourth and five. We'll have that answer for you when we come back. The News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5 High School Football Game of the Week presented by Pavlov Media and Prospect Bank is back in 60 seconds. At Prospect Bank, we have a powerful way to manage your debit cards anytime, anywhere. Select cards within your e-mobile app to turn your card on or off, put lost or stolen cards on lockdown, Add your card to the digital wallet, set alerts, add travel plans, and so much more. Visit bankprospect.com forward slash manage cards to learn more about the power in the palm of your hand. We are Prospect Bank, the bank that brings you more opportunities. Member FDIC. Hi, my name is Kayla Burbage. I'm a volleyball outside hitter, and my competitive advantage is my power. Businesses across central Illinois rely on Pavlov Media's managed IT for their competitive advantage. Firewall configuration, virus protection, and server management are some of the managed IT solutions Pavlov Media can use to elevate your business. Executives across central Illinois can set up and use managed IT for their business. Head over to pavlovmedia.com B2B to find out more about our managed IT solutions and bring Pavlov Media's managed IT to your business. One bottle of water down, one quarter down in St. Joseph, Illinois. News Gazette, Light Rock 97.5 High School Football Game of the Week is back to start in the second quarter. Fourth down and five for St. Joseph Ogden. They've switched fields, now driving to the right, and it looks like, Jeff, that they will go for it here on fourth and five rather than elect the, the try the long field goal. 
Yeah. Coach Skinner probably feels the worst that can happen is Monticello will get it deep in their own territory. So going for it here is not too big a risk. We've said it plenty. Shotgun look for the Spartans. Five wide receivers, which they haven't done all that often, but they have shown this look tonight. Logan Smith maybe trying to draw the Sages off sides, and a flag comes Something in. Something happened. It's a false I think St. Joe moved. <laughs> and we've seen Monticello's line jump a couple of times tonight. We haven't really seen St. Joseph move. I believe that's the first false start penalty of the night against the Spartans. Did have that pass interference on defense, but I think that's just the second penalty we've seen against St. Joe all night. I believe so. And now it's fourth down and ten. Back it up five yards from the 31. Line to gain the 21. Logan Smith again, empty backfield. Tim Blackburn, Kelly in motion left. Five-step drop for Smith, airs it out deep, looking for seams in the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Spartans! Flag on the play. Flag is down, Tanner Seams just pulled it down, and if it stands, that's a brilliant 20, or rather 31-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, it looks like it's pass interference on Monticello, but that was one heck of a catch by Tanner Seams. Tanner Seams yep. gets up and makes a play. It stands. Touchdown, Spartans. They lead 19-7. 11.53 left in the second quarter. Smith put that throw right on his back shoulder, the famous NFL back shoulder throw where only Seams could get it. He made a nice, nice catch. Joe Frasco on for the extra point, one for two on his extra points tonight. Garrett Denhart will hold. And with 11 minutes and 53 seconds, snap a little high, kick plenty good. 20 to 7 is our score. St. Joseph Ogden, your leader by 13. It was no good, Parsons. Week one for us. We got to. <laughs> it's tough to see through the humidity out here. <laughs> like I said, it looks kind of like it's raining, but he hooked well, it left. Little, that might be a little. I appreciate that. That might be a little <laughs> generous, but nevertheless, <laughs> it was no good, and Frasca's missed his second of the night. And now we're really messed up. 19 <laughs> is not a football number. I could have dealt with 20. I, I like 10s like and yeah. 21s. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 19, very much not. So, how do we get back there? Maybe a field goal puts us at 22 there. I don't know. I like Monticello's got the seven. Safety, I guess. We could root for it. But. Yeah. I'm sure Sean Skinner is very pleased with the nine being up 12 points against Monticello. He'll take it. He's got a two-touchdown lead roughly, although if Monticello can score twice and execute on those extra points, St. Joe's just giving two points away. So that might come back to get the Spartans. We'll see how it plays out. I think we're going to see a lot of points tonight, Jeff. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting as we stand seven seconds into the second quarter with St. Joe leading 19-7. to Right. Both teams moving the ball well. Uh, Monticello's moving the ball well, but they keep turning it over is their problem. So I'm sure that will be addressed at halftime rather vocally. <laughs> well, and Jeff, we talked earlier. You know, it's week one. You're already going to have some of these mistakes, right? But this week just messed up right no, no no other way to put it you know teams having to move their practices earlier later indoors we kind of thought we might see some mistakes tonight and we've seen them from both teams right Fo football's about routine 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 and when that routine's broken it messes everything up Frasca an end over end kick it was fielded by nolan burrenkemper and, and he fumbled. fumbled it and who's got it monticello like monticello got it. recovered 11 47 left here in the second 
It's nearly Monticello's third turnover of the night. Offense. Jeff, I think they just need a clean drive here, whether it ends in points or not. they got to move the ball a little and hold on to the ball. Right, maybe run the ball. Let the let Teske kind of get back in a groove, uh, running, gaining some yards, and then start throwing it again. But I think it was Woody Hayes that said, th when you pass, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Teske's going to drop back two pass here to the flat, Ike Young. And Young's got it. Young up across the 20. That's where he's brought down between the left hash and left numbers. And Ike Young... I tell you, Jeff, he's such a talented running back. He's a big part of this offense. Only a junior for Monticello, which Cully Welter has to like. And passing's not all bad when you're just dumping it off in the flat like that. It's almost like a controlled run. Right. Second down and one. 21-yard line. The line of scrimmage and a bad snap. snap. And Teschke's got it. And Teschke's going to have enough for the first down. Tripped up as he ran across the middle. But it is enough. He's able to get to the 25 as he's brought down by his shoelaces, first and 10. Sages, by the way, driving now right to left as we've switched sides for the second quarter. Steamy night in St. Joseph. Four wide receivers, Ike Young to the left of Luke Teschke. Teschke's going to air it out to Raiden Colbert. Colbert came down with that. He caught it at the 30-yard line, bobbled it, and stayed with a nice catch. Yep, the official gave him the catch. From Raiden Colbert, number 10 in white. Colbert, a big senior on this roster. Talked with him yesterday, one of a couple of players that Coley Welter gave us. Appreciate his time. Trey Welter was in among that group as well, as was Luke Teschke. Second down and five now. Teschke, designed run right. No, he's going to throw it on a bootleg. Wide Finds open. Colbert. Colbert up across the 50, brought down from behind at the 45 at the numbers. I take back what I said about Teschke could run it. That was a nice pass. Hit him right in the numbers, in stride. Threw it on the run. You should never say designed run when you're talking about a Coley Welter offense because right. that ball can hit the air at any point. Or they could punt it, for all we know. I mean, a quick he's. Kick. Yeah, you know it's coming, you just don't know when. And we'll have a timeout called. First timeout call of the game on first and ten. And that's St. Joseph Ogden timeout stopping seven. play. So it's their first timeout. They'll have two left. 10.08 to play, second quarter. Joey Wright and Jeff Bremer in the booth with you. Jason Leggett. Huge Monticello fan. He's got his Monticello purple and gold on in our Champagne studio. He's running the board. We appreciate his help. Want to give a shout-out, too, to Matt Daniels, Joe Vazelli, Scott Ritchie of the News Gazette. Scott Ritchie's on the scene at Unity High School tonight, taking a look at the Rockets and Hawks. We'll have the Rockets for you next week on Light Rock 97.5. Matt and Joe putting out tomorrow's sports section, keeping you updated online at newsgazette.com. Going to be a late night, Jeff, as we kind of come up on deadline with these late kicks, but they're doing a great job keeping us updated. We appreciate all they do. And I've got to write a quick story on this game when it wraps up, so let's hope for a quick one. Well, you're in sports for your career, so you're ahead of 90% of us out there. It's a lot. It is this so is awesome. It's a lot of fun. I say let's hope for a quick one, but I'll, I'll take the chaos. I just want to see a good game out here, and we've got it so far. Yes, we do. Monticello up across the St. Joe 45 at the 44, down two scores with 10.08 left. First and 10, play action. Two pump fakes now from Teschke, and he is going to get it to Welter. 
And that pass was incomplete at Welter's feet. A little bit tough to tell from our perch. Yeah, I think he just threw it away, and that's yeah. a good play. Sometimes high school quarterbacks just don't realize that if there's six guys covering your receiver, you can just throw it away and live to fight another play. Smart play from Teshke. Good drive from Teshke so far, who's struggled a little bit tonight through the air. Does have a rushing touchdown, but he's got his team at the 44-yard line, trailing by 12, 10.02 to play for the half. And he's going to pitch it in front, a shovel to Ike Young. Young straight up the middle, somehow stays on his feet and has a first down running right up the gut. Jeff looking at him running. I thought he was down across the 40, but a good second effort has him up across the 35 at the 33. And it is a first down for Monticello moving the ball well. Yeah, Ike Young, only a junior, kept his feet moving. He keeps doing that. He'll be playing on Saturdays in two years. 9.46 for the half. Ike Young, an impressive showing so far tonight. See if this drive ends with him in the end zone for the first time tonight. 33-yard line, first and 10. Clock goes under 9.30 for the half. 12-point game. Sage is on the other side of that, and a timeout is called. A flag, pardon me. That flag is in at the false start line. False start on the Sages. The broadcaster Jinx comes into play. We're just saying how great a drive it's been. I think that would be the one thing, Jeff, that Monticello wants to clean up in the second half, the unforced errors. The turnovers are one thing, but they've been offsides and have had a couple of false starts tonight. Right. I'm sure Coach Welter will address that. <laughs> I would think so. First and 15, 920 and ticking. And Teshke, play action, looking for Colbert. Colbert at the 40-yard line, 35 up the middle, looking for the 30, down a yard shy of that mark as two Spartans bring him down. In on that, Corbin Wells and Wyatt Wirtz. So it'll be second down and 10. Second down and seven, pardon me. With 8.52 left here in the half. Three-man front for the Spartans' defense. Teshke rolls right. Teshke looking, winding one up to the sideline, incomplete looking for Welter. Pass led him a little bit to the sideline. Well, I, that was generous. Pass was out of bounds. A flag is in way after the play, though, here as both teams get back to the line. Personal foul on St. Joe. Personal foul on the Spartans. Spartans maybe a little wound up here with a 12-point lead. Yeah, I didn't see anything physical happen, but someone's mouth may have been running. That always draws a 15-yarder at high school, as it should. Well, and that is a critical penalty for St. Joe. You go from forcing an incompletion of the sidelines that wasn't particularly close to now. The ball's going to be spotted at the 12-yard line, and it's a first down, a fresh set of downs for Monticello. Now firmly in the red zone. Teshke, no one in the backfield with him, sends a man in motion. It'll be four wide receivers for Teshke. Bootleg left. Teshke looks for space up the middle, keeps it himself up across the 10. Middle of the field, he's down at the 8. Yeah, Teshke tripped up by Wyatt Wirtz there. Wirtz, a good tackle, a shoestring tackle. Second and seven from the eight. Teshke now sends a man in motion. 
Tristan Slade. It's timeout, St. Joe. Carter Ferran in motion, pardon me, but Jeff, you're right, a timeout. St. Joe taking its second timeout of the first half. Stops the first half clock at 8.13. Second down and seven from the eight. Not quite second and goal, but it might as well be. As Monticello drives right to left. You know, I think my favorite down and distance is first and 10 at the 11. Yep. <laughs> Gives you all kinds of options as to what plays you can run. And a good, you've essentially got, it's essentially eight downs, right? Because if you get it right, right to the one, that's a fresh set of downs. It's essentially, you know, first down and, uh, I guess it's not a given you get the first down there. Right. But uh, if you do. 8.13 left. Hot night in St. Joe. The kids don't seem to be phased by it, though. They're very active, running, jumping, a lot of enthusiasm. A lot of water on the sideline. A lot of coolers represented on both sidelines. Second and seven out of the timeout from the 8.813. Teshke keeps it himself. He's almost brought down to the backfield. Somehow evades trouble off to the right hash. And he's brought down at the six-yard line. Who specifically made the tackle on that? I couldn't catch it. There I think so there, were 22 there. Yeah. there were 22 kids <laughs> all in the same spot. <laughs> We've seen St. Joe do that a couple of times where they really swarm the ball carrier and make it difficult. That is a Coach Skinner trademark. He likes to send 11 hats to the ball. They'll give Teshke the six-yard line on that. Call it. Third down and about two here from the six. Teshke, Ike Young to his left. A tight end, three wide receivers. Play goes left. Teshke keeps it up across the five. Line to gain was the four. Did he get there? He was one yard short. And now Monticello has a decision to make. Fourth and inches at the four-yard line. Do they kick the field goal or do they go for it? I think they have to go for it, and they will. Trailing by 12 with seven minutes left in the first half. Needing a play here. Teshke lining up under center. We haven't seen much of this tonight. He's got Raiden Colbert right behind him. A tight end, two wide receivers. Crowd on its feet. Channing go St. Joe. Teshke's going to break from the line and call timeout. It looks like he did a hard count and tried to draw him off sides. But with, with Cully Welter having a timeout, this could either be a quarterback sneak or a triple reverse. Never know. 6.49 for the half. Sage is down 12. This is a huge play when you look at the context of this game. And now both teams huddling up, trying to determine the best course of action. Monticello has driven this some 90 yards right to left. It's been about a five-minute drive so far. Scoreboard says second and two, or fourth and two, Jeff. I, I think it's closer than that. It's a short two. Um, it's more like two inches, I think. It's way shorter than two yards. Ball on the five, line to gain the four. Sancho's defense is already out of their huddle. Cully Welter still going over the game plan with the Sages in theirs. Well, the stick is on the three. So maybe it is about fourth and a yard or so. Huge play here. Call it fourth and two. Still not a lot for Monticello to get this here. 
Perhaps easier said than done. Heavy set for the Sages. Haven't seen a lot of this. They've got Colbert and Welter as tight ends on the right of the sideline, and it is going to be a pitch to Colbert. Colbert's in trouble, running backwards. Brought down at the five, out of bounds. And it's a turnover on downs. Spartans' defense holds 19-7 their lead, and they'll take over deep in their own territory with 6.44 to play. Odd that they went shotgun formation there. Seems to me you'd want to have the ball you know, right up on the line of scrimmage and then not have to gain seven yards instead of just two. St. Joe's going to have 95 yards in front of them left to right. St. Joe crowd loves it. Beach night here at Dick Duval Field. A lot of pom-poms, hula hoops, luau's, Hawaiian shorts, swim trunks. A couple of students stitching the shirts down there on a hot night. Can't blame them. First and 10 for Logan Smith and the Spartans. 6.44 to play in the half. They lead by 12. Smith pitches it into the end zone to Wirtz. Wirtz is running back, and Wirtz is brought down a short game of three yards. But, Jeff, that's exactly what St. Joe wanted there, kind of get a little space from the end zone. Yeah, well defended by Monticello there. They had the whole team plugging the hole. 19 to 7, 6.20 to play in the half. Four wide receiver set. With Smith, who's going to hand it off to Wirtz. Wirtz running right. Wirtz bounces it outside. 20, 25. Green grass in front of him. One man to beat now. He's gone. Down the sideline. Justice Wirtz. Nobody's. Oh, oh I spoke too soon. He's Shoestring down at the tackle five. at the five. A great play from Traden Fox. So it'll only go as a gain of about 90. And no penalty flags. One penalty is down at the 42. Way behind the play there. Uh-oh. We'll see what that is. That could be in the area of clipping. Officials are huddling at the 20. Talking with the St. Joe coaches and Sean Skinner's not happy. And the Spartans are marching backwards. Hasn't been announced. Certainly you'd look for a block in the back, a clipping call there. Mm -hmm. uh, Is that a spot foul or do they go all the way back to the line of scrimmage? Looks like they're going all the way back to the line of scrimmage. Sean Skinner not happy. They continue to march this back, and this is really deflating. Stops play at 6.01, and they'll stop the march at the so it's a spot foul. 43-yard line. Good. Wipe that call off the books. I screwed it up. <laughs> I didn't see uh, I didn't see Traden Fox coming up behind Justice Wirtz. Yeah, remember these kids are 18 years old. They're all pretty fast. Well, and Wirtz had ran about <laughs> 90 yards by that point. He was probably tired. <laughs> in this heat, I don't blame him. 5.50 to play here, and a pitch up the middle. Coy Taylor. Taylor drops his shoulder. He's looking for the 50. He's got the 49, just a yard shy of midfield. And it'll be second down and four coming up as we approach five and a half minutes to play in the first half. St. Joe looking to build on a 12-point lead. Trips left. Words lining up to the left of Taylor or pardon me, Smith under center. Taylor's lined up among that group of three receivers on the far side. 
Four-man front for the Sages. Two linebackers dropping back, stepping up. Smith looking to run. He runs up the middle past the 45, looking for the 40. More than enough for a first down for Logan Smith. First down, Spartan. And so Logan Smith to the 40-yard line. Smith and Teske are kind of mirror images of each other. Two they can very, both throw it and they can both run it. Yeah, two very similar quarterbacks. Both having good games tonight. Both a little up and down, but certainly more good than bad here. Smith rolling right, throwing over the middle. It's caught. Coy Taylor across the middle on a slant. Comes down with that ball to the 33-yard line. And he is two yards shy of a first down. Four and a half to play. Spartans looking to build on their two-score lead. Second quarter winding down. Hoping to have St. Joseph Ogden Superintendent Brian Brooks on with us at halftime. Ask him about this new turf field. Stick with us for that. Coy Taylor in motion across the middle, but the handoff goes to Justice Wirtz right. Wirtz past the 30, looks for the 25, and he is brought down in on that tackle. Good job by Ike Young playing both ways. St. Joe sees a little momentum here. Spartan starting to move the ball. You're right, Jeff. 25-yard line. Taylor in motion up across the middle. Again, same play. Words runs right up the right hash. And on that stop is Luke Teschke. Nice gain of about four. They've established the run and at all levels of football. If you can run, you can win. Slowing the pace down, perhaps importantly. They're not quite as quick to the line as they were earlier. Now They're probably pooped. <laughs> they, yeah, they gave it all they had earlier in this game. <laughs> Well, with this 12-point lead, though, perhaps just nursing that, trying to play within themselves here. Handoff, Wirtz. Wirtz runs right. Wirtz spins across the 15. He's brought down at the right sideline, just in front of the blue turf. Good for a first down. Blue turf sideline once you get past the 25 now at Dick Duval Field. It's a pretty sight. They'll wind the clock. They'll move the chains. First and 10, 3.15 to play here in the half. 12-point lead, 19-7. St. Joseph Ogden's advantage from the 14. Smith alongside his running back, Wirtz. Play action, going to fire a pass to the right side, and it's caught and spun down to the sideline is Tim Blackburn Kelly, who's been active in the passing game and the returning game tonight. He was spun out of bounds. The clock stops at 3.03. Second down and four from the nine coming up. Same set as what the Spartans have shown all night. A shotgun look. Blackburn Kelly gets the handoff. Hand Said same set, different personnel. Blackburn Kelly in a running back instead of Justice Wirtz. Wirtz getting a playoff. And now Wirtz checks back into the game. James Barron had come in to replace him. SJO moving the ball on the ground. Monticello's going to have to adjust to this. Or they can't win. If you run, you can win. Third down and three from the eight. St. Joseph Ogden driving left to right. Deep in the red zone now. Three wide receivers. Trips right. Shotgun look for Smith. High snap. Smith power up the middle. Design run. Looks for the five. That's where he's brought down. 
And if he got the five indeed, that's enough for a first down. See where they spark, spot him. Looks like he's about a yard shy. Fourth and inches from the five and a half is what's coming up. We'll see how St. Joseph Ogden wants to play it. And we'll have a timeout called by Monticello before the fourth and one. Officials timeout. Pardon me. It's I think the be, official called it. This thing. Yeah, the chain gang is going to come out and take a look at this spot. Monticello's huddle had to get out of the way. <laughs> they were in the middle of the chain gang's path. Yeah, the highlight of any dad working the chain gang is the measurement. <laughs> Here we go. It's their Super Bowl. Fourth and one <laughs> is the call. And they mm, are going to mark this one short by that much. Fourth and inches. Spotted at the five and a half. St. Joe needs to get to the five. What's at stake? They lead 19-7. Just two minutes left in this opening half. So if they can score here, they're looking at potentially a three-score lead going into the halftime break. This is what's known as a key play. I would, I would agree. Typically, there's those, those five or six plays in a game that, that decide who wins, and this could be one of them. And if Monticello can force a turnover here. Plenty of time to take it down and score. It's a two-minute drill, and they've got two timeouts. So we'll see what St. Joe does here. Fourth and inches, 19-7. Two minutes left in the first half, 2:01 to be specific. St. Joe has driven the ball all the way down to what is officially the six-yard line, five and a half in practice. Fourth down and one. Sages stack the box, and because we need a little more suspense, timeout is called before the snap. And the Spartans will use their final timeout. And a good opportunity for us to catch our breath. It's been up and down the field. That probably shows that the summer conditioning program was a success. They're ready to roll. Jeff, something to keep an eye on. I have been told. I've got, I've got people all over the state, you know, and I've been told a, a group of uh, friends I've got with Clutch Sports Media at Normal Community and Sacred Heart Griffin. They've been in a lightning delay for some time over there. So you got to wonder if maybe weather is encroaching yes. upon us. It's so hot and humid. I don't know. I'll have to look at the forecast at halftime. But perhaps something to keep an eye on. And with it being such a late start, they might just bump it to tomorrow. Sure. If it happens. Because like I think each time lightning strikes, you have to wait 20 minutes. More on that in a minute, but we've got a key play here. Fourth and inches, ball on the six. Spartans need to get the five. Heavy set. Smith up the middle. The pile drives him forward. He's got enough for a first down. He's about halfway to the end zone before it's all said and done, and that's a huge first down for St. Joseph Ogden. Logan Smith getting the job done on the ground. Josh Frerichs calls out first down, and the crowd roars. Yeah, I don't know that that was so much Logan Smith as it was Logan Smith's offensive line pushing him <laughs> past the down marker. They had a good, good push there. 
is center Braxton Waller, one of the best centers in the Illini Prairie Conference. I'll give Logan Smith his credit, though. I don't know if I could hold on to the ball with so many big guys shoving me every which way down there. True. But Good. give the line credit on that one. Absolutely. They did a nice job. Good push. Powerful offensive line the Spartans have. Smith, keeper right. He's Touchdown. in. The C's part up the middle. Touchdown, Spartans. Logan Smith, his third rushing touchdown of the contest. Fourth overall, 25-7. With a minute and 12 seconds left in the second. So St. Joe has come out and controlled, if not dominated, this first half. It does seem that St. Joe is a little bit more precise and on the ball than Monticello. Too many mistakes and the two turnovers. You cannot win when you turn the ball over. Spartans will go for two here, and Smith drops back, airs it out, looking for seams. It is tipped and broken up. Good play. Two-point conversion is no good. Look to my eye like Carter Ferran getting in there and breaking it up. And, Jeff, they just don't want us to have that football score. It's 25-7 to <laughs> now. Two-point conversion would have made it 27-7. to I could have dealt with that. Right. I could have slept a little better tonight with 27-7. <laughs> Still a half of football left to go. And I don't know that this is guaranteed to be the halftime score. Minute how, 12 with two timeouts left. How aggressive will Monticello be? 25-7, to trailing by now three scores. But they've got two timeouts and a minute and 12 seconds left. Well, Coley Welter's kind of the mad hatter. I think he's telling them we're going to go down and score and seize back some momentum. Appreciate Josh Frerichs, the public address announcer, hitting us up with a little read over the PA system. Light Rock 97.5, your home for tonight's game. Tell your family and friends. Joey Wright and guest analyst Jeff Primer. Jason Leggett, huge St. Joseph Ogden fan in our Champagne studio. He's got his maroon and powder blue on. Appreciate his help. Matt Daniels, Joe Vazelli, Scott Ritchie at the News Gazette. Turn them out tomorrow's sports section. Scott Ritchie will have a story from Prairie Central and Unity across the Middle Illini Conference. I'll have some words from this one as well in tomorrow's paper. In a perfect world. End over end kick. Joe Frasca sends it back to Ike Young. Fielded at the two-yard line. Young looking for the sideline. Young dips and dives past a couple of defenders. He brought down just shy of 30 on the far sideline in front of his teammates. Pretty good field position to start. So I'd say Monticello will go for the score here. 65 seconds to make something happen. A minute and five, the conventional way to say it. Monticello will start this at the 27. So 73 yards between them and making it a two-score game again. Important to note, though, St. Joseph has left a lot of points on the scoreboard when it comes to the extra points and two-point conversions. And Monticello does have the second-half kickoff. Teschke. Dropping back, five-step drop, steps up in the pocket, looks over the middle. He finds Raiden Colbert, Colbert down at the 38. Slant right across the middle. No one brought him down. The pass brought him to the ground, but he held on and made the catch. It's a first down 
Nice pass by Teske. A nice hustle by number 27, Alton Bomber, to get off the field before the offside call. Pass to the sideline, and Carter Ferran does exactly what he needs to do up to the 43-yard line. Covers the ball, runs out of bounds, stops the clock at 49 seconds. Second down and five. Monticello, a right-to-left drive. Just like that, is already at their own 43. Trips right. Passing situation for Luke Teschke. Ike Young next to him. Teschke, five-step drop for number five. Steps up in the pocket. Rolls right. Off-balance throw. Throws it away to the St. Joe sideline. Monticello sideline, I should clarify. Pass to the right sideline. and The clock is now stopped at 41 seconds. And a third and five in a 25-7 game. Sage is on the wrong end of that. St. Joe's not going to let anything deep happen here. Look how deep the safeties are. Almost a prevent defense here. One of those safeties, Tanner Seams, who had a terrific touchdown catch earlier on the other side of the ball. Three-step drop over the middle. Trey Welter drops it. Drop might be a little harsh. The pass led him, and he couldn't quite catch up with it. Dangerous throw. Welter left vulnerable there over the middle. Yeah, I don't know if Jerry Rice could have caught that one. That was a tough play. <laughs> and it halts the action at fourth down and five with 37 seconds left. Interesting decision here. Do you go for it to try to seize the momentum, or is it too big a risk? Monticello's on its own 43. Looks like they're going to go for it, or at least try to get the Sages, or the Spartans, I should say, to jump offside. I don't think the Spartans will bite. They're only going to bring three. It is a snap. Teschke's going to roll right. Teschke looking, throwing, finding Colbert first down, and then some to the 45. Forward progress stopped at the 45. First down, clock stops at 30 seconds left. Monticello still has both of its timeouts left. They started the drive with. Ball right on midfield, and they'll use one here before or just as the clock starts, as the chains were reset, and Coley Welcher will talk things over. SJ, I would like to thank the following Maroon sponsor. Teske has a cannon. It looks like he struggles maybe when he needs to put some touch on it, but when he needs to laser it in there, he can get it to you. Teske's been up and down, made some great plays with his legs tonight. Had that run of some 45 yards earlier that ended in a touchdown, but he has thrown two interceptions tonight. But looking to redeem himself here. And Jeff, here as we stand at the 45-yard line, 27 seconds left. That's plenty of time in this first half for Monticello to make something happen, and if they can score here, they have the second-half kickoff. So there's still point. a lot of things that can break in their favor here. Question is, will they? 45 yards from the end zone. First down and 10, 25-7. Sages looking to cut into this lead. Teschke steps up in the pocket. Shotgun throws to Welter. Overthrows him at the 30-yard line across the middle. And will reset it will reset it into a second and 10 with 22 seconds left. Welter is a tough little player. He just has no height to work with. <laughs> it's all heart and speed for him. Small frame. Do a lot of receiver, except go up and get some of those balls outside of his reach. Now here's Teschke dropping back, stepping up, looking for Welter, and Welter's going to draw a pass interference, I think. That's Rowan Musselman on the defensive end there. And Looks like he came over the top of Welter before the ball got there. Yeah, and that's maybe Welter's lack of size playing to his advantage there. 
at the 35-yard line. We'll see what they call this. Definitely looked like Musselman instigated that. I don't know that they could call that against Welter on the offensive side. And it is. Offensive pass interference against St. Joseph. And it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Trey Welter proving that here tonight, as he will throughout the season. 17 and three-tenths of a second left here in the first half. Ball at the 30-yard line. Sage is trailing by three scores, needing to make something happen. They've got 30 yards and 17 seconds to do it, driving right to left. Man in motion is Carter Ferran. Teshke's going to drop back, screen pass to Ike Young. Ike Young, 20. Ike Young bouncing it outside, 15. Brought down. Clock is going to stop at 7.4 seconds left. It's going to stop for the chains. We'll see how quickly Monticello charges to the line. Not very quickly at all, in fact. They'll call a timeout. Timeout stages. Very slowly they'll charge to the line in reality. And Jeff Primer, that stops play at seven and four tenths of a second here in the second half, second quarter, I should say, pardon me. 25-7, St. Joseph Hoggins lead over Monticello. And now Monticello essentially has a shot or two at the end zone here to end the first half. And trailing 25-7, they need this. They'll get the second half kickoff. Yeah, this is where you want to be on the lookout for one of those trick plays. But with only seven seconds left, you might just have to throw it in the end zone twice. Seven and a half seconds left. Both teams out of the timeout. The Maroon Platoon on its feet, making some noise. Here we go. First and 10 from the 14. Sage is down by 18 points, looking to make it happen. Bad snap here, and Tashke's going to pick it up and get sacked, and that's the end of the first half. Not the way Monticello wanted to see a promising drive end at the end of a half. St. Joseph Ogden 25, Monticello 7, and an elated Spartans bench rushing to the sideline a little bit quicker than their counterparts across the field. Yeah, Braxton Waller will be the star of the halftime meeting. Nice sack there, putting the end of the first half. Braxton Waller, whose father Steve will get a chance to watch him plenty this season. Steve Waller is the AD over at Urbana, but uh, was told before the game he's made arrangements to be here more often than not for his son's senior campaign. He's in the crowd tonight. Urbana plays tomorrow, and I've got to imagine he's pretty happy with what he just saw, not right. only from his son, but for his uh, son's side. They're leading big here, 25-7 at halftime. Hmm. Well, Jeff, what do you say we sneak in a break? I need to grab another bottle of water. It is still hot out here in the high 80s, plenty humid. And a good game here, 25-7 at halftime. Joey Wright and Jeff Primmer back for more. Take a quick break on Light Rock 97.5. 